Salutations, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and I have titled this episode, Depths of Division, Pandemic Preparation, and Covidious Insidious. Not only do we talk about some of the more heinous acts conducted while we're during the pandemic, but we also talk about, again, the depths of division that we are experiencing within our country, how we are growing, increasingly dividing lines, not only against the racial barrier, but against other things as well. Clearly, we get into the Karens, some of the mass sharing as well. But I also touch on, again, the topic that I talked about this week with you guys during our minicast, the breakdown of law and order. I go over that again through a technocratic lens and who stands to benefit Uh, But before we do, a few quick updates for you guys. Like I said, the minicast that we did earlier this week, the breakdown of Law & Order, is available. You can find that in the link in the description bar below, as well as the link to the minicast we did, Zabellion, June 9th. I'll put that in the description bar below as well. It plays a huge part in what we discuss later on in the show. And with that being said, let's get it started. Salutations, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and this is show number 1033, season 10, episode 33. You may have noticed that like our previous episode, there's a noticeable sound quality difference. <laughs> Well, there's a reason for that, gang. Um, And I'll just shoot you straight. It's because, like I was telling you a couple episodes ago, it was convenient for me to use the previous setup that we had. I had to sacrifice power for sound quality. That's why some of the episodes were relatively short. Um, Is because, well, my battery was dying while I was recording. And so I had to be very on point with what I was saying. But now we have a full battery, a mixer, and a whole new mic. So we don't have to worry about that anymore. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And uh, it sounds pretty good, too. I'm not going to lie. I'm generally surprised that this is mine, that I did this. And so, yeah, we had to sacrifice power for sound quality, but now we don't have to worry about that. And like a uh, like a like a like a like a baby's first birthday, man, I am I am excited. Uh, you know, I'll shoot you guys straight. This has been a really busy personal week for me. You may have noticed because there's been a lack of posting basically like throughout the entirety of the week. Um, and I won't lie. It's kind of good because everybody's been hopped up on this debate madness and this debate depression and this debate malaise that I've just been, I won't lie, uh, out there busy making money. Uh, this new job that I got is basically me going over documents with people 
and being paid to do so. And it's pretty crazy uh, because it is worth my time. And um, it's just uh, it's just wild. That's that's all I'll say because that that leads me into what I'm talking about to intro uh, this episode with you know wielding time or weaving time. And um, I'm just hoping that I don't get greedy with you know with 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 the money and the work that this other job's going to bring into my life because it's it's it is definitely more money than I've ever seen and I've lived a life without money really humble and deep to the ground and now I'm making stupid money which is going to be crazy and it's all going to basically be thrown into this and my family and it's it's just wild to think about wow here's here's where we're at you know <laughs> and I'll say this too because this is just another quick little tidbit for the intro uh long-time listeners man you, you guys remember a time before breaks, before we even took, you know, breaks in between things. And here we are uh, with with relatively decent sound quality, uh, various guests, different show show styles and show formats. And, you know, it's just crazy to see the evolution of things. And so when I'm talking about, you know, weaving time or wielding time, you know, it's like it's it's it's. It's almost borderline indescribable how to explain um, how to explain it, man, because time is so fast and we have only so long here and we're not here for a long time, but we're here for a good time and trying to figure out how to how to balance that, you know, with your purpose amongst progress and then having having a playful moment as well. It's hard. And so I'll put it to you this way. You know, I'll, I'll try to start getting into stuff. Um, you know, the other day I was out going over documents with people and I had to go to a Starbucks. And, you know, I had I had to have like a seating area because there were multiple people and they had to fill out documents and um, inside of the Starbucks was basically shut down. So I said, well, can I sit out here? I, I didn't ask to sit out on the patio yet because it was really windy. I didn't want documents falling over the place. And so I wanted to sit inside. And, you know, I think that they were caught off guard because I was, you know, dressed to the nines. I was in my suit, looking good, uh, wearing the mask. I was playing the chicken game. And I wasn't being abrasive like I typically am. You know, I was playing the rules. And I think it was because I was a cool, calm, collected black dude up there trying to ask for just a little bit of assistance. Um, this lady generally was thrown off by my my presence and i could see like i could see like the the hatred in her eyes by simply having to interact with me and i'm like wow i'm sorry that i offended you simply for asking for an additional share this isn't even for me it's for it's, it's for the guests that i'm going to be meeting and it was just so strange uh getting that kind of vitriolic response and so i sat there you know waiting for my guests to arrive um i was going over the documents reviewing things making sure that I signed everything that I needed to. And, you know, I swear, it's like they turned on the music, turned it up louder. <laughs> like as I was going over it, I, I kid you not. And so it got to a point to where, you know, I left inside of the Starbucks. And as soon as I came outside of it, you know, the, the guest, the client that I had, uh, he was waiting for me right outside. And so, you know, I, and the individual 
was an Asian gentleman. There was a language barrier, but I was so more than willing to help him out with what I was doing um, in the setting that we were, dressed to the nines, helping them, you know, do this stuff. And I think just getting that response from somebody else, seeing us try to be happy and successful, uh, it's just, we, we, we talk about it over here on the show so many times, but to just like experience it as I'm going about my business, it was just kind of, it was kind of, it was kind of sad. I think that's what I'm trying to explain to you. Uh, and so when I say wielding time, what I'm also trying to say is what I've also said, you know, people that have thrown away their lives, they're, they're going to hate you for effectively wielding yours and investing your time where it needs to be in the things that matter. Right. Because we had the debate, the, the, the debates this week. Uh, you have you hear a lot of people saying that we didn't really learn anything from the debates. Two old white dudes yelling. Uh, I'll leave that up for you guys, however you feel in the matter. It was basically Trump versus Chris Wallace and Joe Biden, but I'm sure we'll get into that later. But you have people investing their times in things that don't advance them versus people who listen to me when I say vote with your dollars, vote with your lifestyle, make an investment in yourself. Don't pay into a system that's designed to rob you of your rights. Figure out how to embolden and uplift yourself. You see, and so when you have people and have such a, 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 an idea of what oppression looks like, an idea of who they would up underneath them, and whenever you shatter that, 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 uh, that, um, that perception, what you're really left with to a degree is somebody who, who, who really is hollow inside. And so I cannot say this enough that it is important for you to be cautious of what you do, but also at the same time, be aware of where that time and energy goes, man. Properly wield time. Like those songs say, do the drugs, don't let the drugs do you. Uh, that's, that's the, that, I don't mean that. That's not appropriate. Properly learn to wield time. Don't let, don't let yourself get caught up in the nonsense. Learn about the moment. Be appreciative of the things that are happening in the peripheral, but learn how to properly wield time. This, 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 this page, this operation, this thing we do, it is a very time-sensitive operation. From the page, to the podcast, to the Instagram Live, to the exclusive members meetings, to all of it, it's a very time-sensitive job. So when I'm trying to impart some of this wisdom onto you guys, these are just some of the some of the gems that I've picked up. You'll learn how to appreciate the moment. You'll learn how to extend the moment. You'll learn how to really understand what's happening in life and where you want to take yourself. Properly learn. Because the stars are aligning. Lines are being drawn. And people are revealing themselves. I'll say this and I'll start getting into a, <clears throat> I'll start getting into the, the, the topics, the depths of division. Again, I was called a white supremacist this week for simply putting PB, st SB, SB. And if you know, you know. If you know, you know. That's all I'm going to say. I am now, again, being called a white supremacist. And that's okay, man. Uh, I don't think a lot of people understand, again, the generational warfare blazing a path 
being an ambassador, being a brand, standing up for yourself, right? Not going along with the crowd, uh, being an individual. Um, I think a lot of people kind of get lost in that malaise. The mob mentality is fierce these days, and that's okay, man. Uh, but to, to go ahead and start getting into the topics, into the depths of division, uh, I want to touch on something that is very interesting. It kind of correlates with what we were talking about just last week. And again, I think it's interesting how this, this, this type of information continues to come out. Chinese state media outlet throws support behind Black Lives Matter. They have posted a cartoon of cops hunting down a black man. This is an article written by Paul Joseph Watson over there at Summit.News. They put this up September 28th. And before I get into this, this is a real tweet uh, from China's Xinhua News, a Chinese state-affiliated media, where they're saying, they put this up at 3.25 a.m. September 27th. Statistics show time and again that some are disproportionately prejudiced against in the U.S. They're talking about black people being hunted by racists, by cops. And so what you really have, if you take a step back, what you really have right here is China fanning the flames. China saying, oh, this is great. Look at how Black Lives Matter disrupts their economy. Look at how Black Lives Matter helps terrify these people. Look at, look at all this. And because we have new listeners that, that, that follow us and join and tune in every single week, go back last week and you'll hear me talk about a, 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 a pro-communist Chinese organization being funded by China, giving money to Black Lives Matter, uh, by Alicia Garza, one of the other co-founders. And then once you're done listening to that, go back another week and you'll also listen to me talk about uh, Patrice Cullors, another one of the BLM co-founders, admitting that she practices witchcraft. And so whenever I'm talking about this, it's not in a, a hateful way, it's in an informational way to show you that we have a Hungarian-born Jew, George Soros, organizing something like Black Lives Matter, only to have a pro-communist organizations, pro-communist Chinese organizations, funding things like, like Black Lives Matter and the Democratic Party, only for them to further destabilize these events. And so, again, these are not pro-America organizations. These are globalist organizations masquerading as if they care about the, American, the Black American blight. Let me get into this. It says Chinese state media outlet Xinhua has thrown its support behind Black Lives Matter with a cartoon that depicts police officers armed with pitchforks and torches hunting down a black man. Quote, statistics show time and again that some are disproportionately prejudiced against in the U.S. Hashtag fight racism to the officials in one news account. The image throws shows three white police officers and a dog hunting down an African-American male to the refrain of, quote, hunt that blackie. Following the death of George Floyd and the explosion of BLM riots and demonstrations that followed, China media, Chinese media and communist political figures threw their weight behind the mu- movement as a means of criticizing America's human rights record. This is pretty much, this is pretty rich given that China literally incarcerates dissidents and re-education gulags and harvests the organs of political prisoners. Respondents to the tweet pointed out that the, pointed out the, rev, the revolting irony. Quote, so how are the Uyghurs doing in, in, in Xinjiang? They're talking about the, the Uyghur Muslims. Another respondent pointed out how China literally removes black people from, from promos uh, for Hollywood movies. China is one of the most racist countries in the world towards black people. As this Spectator article documents, even Chinese people with darker skin are treated badly, with children being called, quote, monkeys, if they don't have a pale complexion. Racism in China is, quote, so commonplace that 
it can be seen almost as cheerful, writes Carol Binley, who spent a year in China teaching English, adding that, quote, racism is a, quote, standard undercurrent of political debate. So, heck, yeah, why would they not want to support Black Lives Matter? And we talked about this again just last week, if you guys go back. A lot of these guys, a lot of these cats, they're not black. There are a lot of rich white people masquerading as if, again, they care about the black people. White knight virtue signalers acting as if they care. And so, again, I'm black. I know people don't want to think this. How can a white supremacist organization accept a black man? Maybe it's not a white supremacist organization. You ever think about that? Maybe you should, you should stop your binary associative thinking. It's very limiting. But when people don't know how to think outside of the realms of parameters that are given to them, it makes it very difficult. This is the problem with arguments, debates, conflicts, and more. There's no peaceful resolution. There's no understanding. There's no wisdom. There's no middle ground met. Just more argumentative stances, which leads me to my next article right here. Joe Biden won't condemn Antifa because he's beholden to the radical left, says Nigel Farage. This is an article by Nima Harris, put up by News Punch. They put this up September 30th. And it says that the tweet's right here. It's from, I'll, I'll read the tweet and then I'll read the article. It's from Nigel Farage. He put it up September 29th. Antifa is a domestic terrorist organization. Far from condemning them, Biden says they're, quote, just an idea. Disgraceful. Now, before I get into this, Biden's not that far off. And this is what I was touching on just last week. BLM and, and, and Antifa are both ideas. Yes, they are movements, but you're looking for an actual organizational structure, like a physical address. Ideas are bulletproof. And this is, again, what I was pointing out just last week. My children will have to deal with the children of Antifa, if they have children, and the children of Black Lives Matter, if they have children, and the children of Refuse Fascism and more. That's how this works, because it's an idea. They are born from what they would think of as actual anti-fascism, but they've just reversed it. And so how, I'm not giving Joe Biden a pass, but I'm saying it makes it difficult for him to condemn an idea because they're very sophisticated in their marketing. They're not actually against fascist, fascism. They're engaging in fascism to, to masquerade as, as such. It's very sophisticated. So senile, demented, oh, old Joe Biden can't do that. And like Farage said, he is beholden to them. And like I talked about just last week, we are also being held hostage by these radical left people. So as an idea, it needs to be extinguished or it needs to be resolved. Let's get into this article. It says that Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden defended the far-left anarchist movement Antifa as a, quote, idea, not an organization, during the first presidential debate on Tuesday. According to Nigel Farage, leader of the UK's Brexit party, Biden could not condemn Antifa because he is beholden to the radical left and fears losing their support in the upcoming election. Breitbart reports that in an interview with talk radio's Mike Graham on Wednesday morning, Mr. Farage balked at Biden's refusal to condemn the radical anarchist group, saying the quote, I've seen Antifa turn up at my meetings, threaten members of the public, and that's in this country. Quote, this is deeply unpleasant. This is a deeply unpleasant, violent organization, and Biden cannot condemn it. 
he wasn't pushed hard enough. I mean, Trump was pushed. Do you condemn far-right activism? Biden never was, Farage said. Quote, that was the point of the debate where I felt Chris, Chris Wallace didn't do a very good job, he added. Quote, but here's the point, Farage said. There's a large chunk of the activist base of the Democratic Party who support Antifa and, and the Black Lives Matter movement, which, by the way, is completely different from racial equality and justice, and I think this is Biden's weak spot. Antifa, which has played a large part in fostering the rioting and the mayhem in America following the death of George Floyd, has long roots in Europe, originally forming in 1932 in Germany, before later reconstituting itself again in Germany in the 1980s. The group has been responsible for the destruction and violence across Europe, including hotspots such as France and Germany. The organization was classified as a domestic terrorist organization by the U.S. Attorney General Barr, Bill Barr in, in May for the, its role in the violence and rioting in cities throughout the country. Mr. Farage said that there is always a one key election issue, and he predicted that law and order will be the central focus of the 2020 elections. Now, I have to say this because, again, I'm just trying to employ common sense here. I can't help but think that in the future, when we actually do need to protest for you know actual rights, be they racial, be they civil, be they human rights, or even you know my body, my rights, I feel like what's happening with Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and more is they're taking over the narrative of what our actual rights are. And so whenever you're having legitimate domestic terrorist organizations hijacking protests for people that have legitimate concerns, it invalidates some of these concerns. It makes it impossible for some of the legitimate concerns that people have to get across. And while it is important for, for these organizations for slash ideas to be designated as such, we also need to be having that discussion for future issues, right? I know that doesn't make sense now, but it will in the future. You're saying, oh, are you, are you for Antifa? No, I'm not for domestic terrorism. But I am for people being able to uh, organize appropriately and, and, and employ their First Amendment. But what's happening is you have radicals, extremists on both sides, hijacking some of these movements for nefarious purposes, defeating the original intent. And, and like I said before, shooting us in the foot. Some people have legitimate concerns and they're unable to uh, they're unable to get these concerns across because they're being they're being manipulated. But again, uh, continuing on with information, like I said, some of these organizations being designated a hate group. Check this out. This is something that popped up just last week. Trump is actually set to declare Antifa a terrorist group, making good on a recent vow, making good on a vow. He made at the start of the recent riots. An article put together by Joseph Weber over there at Just the News, not the Noise. They put this up September 25th. And again, does this radicalize the left? Does this give them the the accreditation they they're looking for? Right? Because you don't acknowledge terrorists, you don't negotiate with terrorists, you don't identify them, you don't give them any media time. Does this give them what they want? You got to look at how gangs are borderline archaic now and how political stuff is all the rage. Let's get into this. It says President Trump is set to declare Antifa a domestic terrorist group on Friday, making good on a promise he vowed at the start of the recent violent protests that have badly damaged some U.S. cities. The radical left-wing group, whose name is short for anti-fascism, 
reemerged as a destructive force over the summer by participating in numerous social justice demonstrations in which members would loot and burn businesses in cities from New York to Seattle. Trump on May 31st announced his intentions to label, label the group a terrorist organization amid riots following the death of George Floyd, a black Minneapolis resident who died while being arrested by police. Quote, the United States of America will be designating Antifa a terrorist organization, Trump tweeted at the time. It says that Justice Department officials have raised First Amendment concerns about classifying the group as a terrorist organization. Quote, both sides of the aisle would share the concerns. Bradley Wigman, a top attorney, a top attorney in the Justice Department's National Security Division, told the House Homeland Security Committee during a hearing last year. It says that Trump is scheduled to make the Antifa announcement on a campaign stop in Atlanta in an appeal to black voters. The president today will also reportedly declare the Ku Klux Klan a terrorist group as well. So terrorists, domestic terrorists, racists. You know, you gotta get you gotta think of this again because uh we're throwing around this word terrorist very easy. Same way we're tar- we're throwing around racists and homophobes and bigots, it's ists, you know, isms and it's you know, you, you know, Joy Behar and Hillary Clinton called anti lockdown protesters terrorists as well. And so this age old discussion of what is a freedom fighter, what is a revolutionary what is a rebel? What is a terrorist? One man's freedom fighter is another man's terrorist. And so I know we, we can't see things right now because we are being held hostage on both sides, but we really should begin to have this discussion. Now to kind of lighten things up, I want to play this quick clip for you because I think it's pretty funny. Uh, but this shows just what happens whenever some of this stuff goes unchecked. Uh, last week we put up a video of an activist in an an activist, <laughs> Antifa activist, talking about burning buildings and how it helps stimulate the economy. Burning down the building is a symbolic act. I personally don't burn It's also very destructive and sure, but harmful and wrong. It creates economic activity because you need to employ a bunch of people to build the building back up. I don't know, man. That's, that's, a, that's like saying bombing Japan was good because then people can clean up the debris. Ms. Antifa. Chaos for chaos sake. Riot simply because you can. You know, again, we have a lot of people getting fired up over the over the election, the nomination. If you watch again, like if you watch the debate, you have Chris Wallace saying, Will you tell your supporters to not basically get buck whenever we steal the election? Will you tell your supporters to not do anything if the election results can't be counted right, right, right then and there? You have a lot of uh, a lot of things pointing towards this election not going the way that it's going to go. That's why we haven't covered election fraud because it's like this is nothing new. Election fraud always happens. Mail-in ballots, dead people, all this other stuff—it always happens. But what I'm trying to talk about is the 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 borderline sports-esque entertainment uh, 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 the entertainment aspect of what's happening to politics. You know, they're hyping it up, the election, the election, the election. 
the election, something's going to happen. The election is not going to go the way. Oh, it's going to. They're expecting for some type of chaos to go down on the election, and it's not going to be healthy. It's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. It's not going to be good for business. It's not going to be good for the country. And this is why I'm very worried. You have people, you have Trump saying he's, he's, he's telling his people to go out and go be poll watchers, right? But you also have them saying, well, we're, gonna, we're just going to overwhelm the ballots. You have, them, you, you, you have so many different scenarios popping up here that we really don't have the time to go into it. Uh, we've talked about in the previous episodes, the Transition Integrity Project, where they've run at least four different scenarios of how this thing could go. You've had Nancy Pelosi coming out saying that uh, they will remove him. Joe Biden has said that the military will remove Trump if necessary. Some very, very sketchy stuff has been talked about this election and what's going to happen after it. We are truly seeing a fight for the soul of this nation right now. Globalism attacking nationalism, attacking America. Let's get into this right here. Uh, this comes from Ricky Scaparo. We put this up at End Times headline, September 25th. It says, Pentagon fears the military may be involved in the coming election unrest. It says, senior Pentagon leaders have a lot to worry about. Afghanistan, Russia, Iraq, Syria, Iran, China, Somalia, the Korean Peninsula. But chief among those concerns is whether their commander-in-chief might order U.S. troops into any chaos around the coming elections. President Trump gave officials no solace Wednesday and Thursday when he again refused to commit to a peaceful transfer of power no matter who wins the election. And Thursday, he doubled down by saying that he was not sure the election could be, quote, honest. His hedging, along with his expressed desire in June to invoke the 1807 Insurrection Act to send active duty troops onto American streets to quell protests over the killing of George Floyd, has incited deep anxiety among senior military and Defense Department leaders who insist they will do all they can to keep the armed forces out of the election. Yeah, I got to say this right now. The idea of putting troops on the streets is dangerous. You got to think about this. You're, you're, you're pulling cops off the street and you're putting military people on the street? That's dangerous. That's martial law. We talked about that earlier this week. The breakdown of martial, the breakdown of law and order. And what will replace it? Right here. Let me get back into this right here. It says, quote, I believe deeply in the principle of an, of an apolitical U.S. military. General Mark A. Milley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, said in a written answer, to questions from House lawmakers released last month. Quote, in the event of a dispute over some aspect of the elections, by law, U.S. courts and the U.S. Congress are required to resolve any disputes, not the U.S. military. I foresee no role for the U.S. armed forces in this process. But that has not stopped an intensifying debate in the military about its role should a disputed election lead to civil unrest. Yeah, because again, the civil war goes even over there. You don't have an apolitical military anymore. You have people who believe that we should become this, this fascist dictatorial state, who believe that, that, that politicians are incompetent and that the military should rule. I know this is crazy, but again, this is the breakdown of law and order. Um, I don't want to say trumping in the technocracy, but really understand the borderline historic days we're in. Continuing on, this is on August 11th, John Nagel and Paul Yingling both retired Army officers and Iraq War veterans published an open letter to Milley on the website Defense One. Quote, in a few months' time, you may, have to be ch you may have to choose between defying a lawless president or betraying your constitutional oath, they wrote. Quote, if Donald Trump refuses to leave office at the expiration of his constitutional term, 
the United States military must remove him by force, and you must give that order. Craziness. And like I told you, we, you, you don't really hear them talking about the White House siege right now, do you? No, keep that hush-hush. You see, you got to let that incubate. You can't tell people about all that crazy stuff that's going on. Just let them fester. Let them grow. Let them get angry. Don't touch the protesters. They're peaceful. You keep your distance. You keep your mask on. But those protests over there, those people burning stuff down, they're peaceful, all right? You understand me? You leave those alone. China said they're cool. China said they were cool. This is where we are right now, ladies and gentlemen. This is where we are. To where our, our, our cops arrest us for defending ourselves. We can't even have free, fair elections. Our votes mean nothing. A system's trying to rob us of our rights. You have people saying no borders, no walls in the USA at all. America was never great. F your God. F your country. F your existence. Your life doesn't matter. It's like, wow, where did all this evil come from? And where was it before? Truly, it cannot last because it's not sustainable. I think if you want the truth, and this is why I don't really worry, because it's not going to last, they may have breakouts of intensity, breakouts of rage, but it's not sustainable, man. You know, as a political model, it's not sustainable to enforce this much with this much resistance. It's not sustainable to, again, I don't even know how many, what, how many days they've been protesting over there in Portland. I don't even pay attention anymore, right, with, with Chaz and Chop. It's not sustainable. And so I'm not sure what that means, but what I'm trying to tell you is it's not something that's going to last, and it will be dealt with. Just not in the not in the most respectful way. Um, again, when you go from protester to rioter to terrorist, you've lost your rights, and that's that's kind of what they're doing. It's part of the long game. It's a very very sophisticated game at that. But uh, continuing on, check this out. This is uh, more of this terrorism that we see happening, and some of the chaos, uh, this lawlessness, is taking place. It says that there was an LA driver crossing a BLM protest who got chased, beaten and arrested on live TV. Yeah. Be chased and arrested. The cops arrested the man out of the Prius because they, because they, they wanted to either appease the mob or, or stop him. I'm not sure, but it says that the driver of a white Toyota Prius who had carefully weaved through a BLM protest was heckled, chased down by a black pickup truck leading the protest and then assaulted on Thursday night. The driver was then arrested. Quote, it wasn't traveling at a fast speed. It was inching forward, trying to get past. And that upset people, said photojournalist Christian Mont uh, Montessora. People in the crowd began striking the car's windows and doors. It's a Prius. They're driving eco-friendly. How could this agitate you? It says, after the Prius cleared the crowd, a black pickup truck with several people sitting on this, in the bed gave chase, accelerated, head of the Prius, and pulled to an abrupt stop. A man got out of the truck and, according to the footage, appeared to try to pull the driver out of the Prius. The Prius reversed and collided with a green Mustang convertible, which was associated with the protest. According to the LAPD, a person got out of the convertible and began striking the Prius with a flagpole. Wow. The footage shows and another person arrived on a skateboard, which he then used to smash the Prius's windshield. The motorist drove off 
but was detained a few blocks away by the LAPD. No one was injured in the incident, according to police. A report put out by the LA Times. And for, and, and, and for video, for audio listeners, I'm about to play that clip because this is that mob mentality. This is what happens when you just let people just continue to lose their mind. Oh, there's, there's no audio? Perfect. I'll narrate it. Yeah, the Prius is trying to swerve off. Um, Prius is driving away. Looks like they're in the clear. A white Prius and now a bunch oh. of, of, of the uh, demonstrators are trying to catch up to him, including that wow. black uh, pickup. Yep, that here comes a black pickup truck. He's pulls off in front off. of him, cuts him off. Wow. This is some stuff straight out yeah. of the movie, bro. Have the driver pretty much boxed in. And then, yeah, dude tries to get the get the person out of the car. One of the demonstrators is now trying to pull the driver out of his vehicle. Right there just collided with another car that was also part of the demonstration. And an, an additional person getting out. And you see that one person using what looks like a flag, perhaps a skateboard there, to damage this Prius. And now wow. the driver is able to get away. Wow. And then the next footage they show is of the, the officers detaining. Homie. Gets out of the car. Backs up. To the officers and he's detained just like that this is crazy this is crazy to me and this shouldn't even be to me this is crazy to anybody you're literally seeing again the breakdown of law and order so again while you have people over here worried about what Donald Trump says and whether or not Biden's going to do anything You've got to think about what we're, what we're casually talking about here. That people feel okay to just chase people down the street and beat them. Pull them out of their car and try to beat them. This isn't the first time we've seen this. Now, while, the, while this footage is going, I'm going to read real quick from this, uh, from this article from Signs, of the, from Signs of the Time. We put this up uh, September 25th. It says, more than 300 have been charged with crimes committed under the guise of peaceful protests since late. May says that the Department of Justice on Thursday announced charges against more than 300 people who allegedly committed crimes since the end of May, quote, under the guise of peaceful protests. Fox News has learned, quote, through these acts, these individuals have shown minimal regard to their communities and for the safety of others and themselves. Hundreds of the people were arrested in 29 states and accused of federal crimes ranging from attempted murder, assault of, law, of a law enforcement officer, damaging federal property, and arson, the Justice Department said. Quote, violent opportunists have exploited these demonstrations in various ways, a Justice Department press release said. Forty of the 94 U.S. attorneys' offices nationwide have filed federal charges, quote, committed adjacent to or under the guise of peaceful demonstrations, according to the agency. Of more than 300 people arrested, roughly 80 were charged with crimes involving arson and the use of explosives. What we talked about just last week, all those crazy fires that popped out of Oregon and California. In one incident, 
in Virginia Beach, a man allegedly said he would set fire to a church frequented by black people, the report states. In, a, in another case, this was this one in Washington, C.C., a man suffered severe burns after he became engulfed in flames shortly after pouring a, quote, liquid from a gas can onto three U.S. Supreme Court police vehicles, the agency said. A federal arson conviction carries a sentence of up to 20 years in prison, and 35 other people were charged in connection with assaults against law enforcement officers, all but one of which are alleged to have occurred in Oregon. A man in Portland allegedly attacked a U.S. Marshal deputy with a baseball bat in his neck, back, and shoulder after approaching him from behind. Meanwhile, in other... Meanwhile, in the only other case outside of Oregon, a man in Boston fired 11 bullets at a federal and a local law enforcement officer. Any person convicted of, quote, felony assault of a federal officer with a dangerous weapon faces a maximum sentence of 20 years. About 15 people were charged with allegedly damaging federal property, the department said. Meanwhile, 30 others were hit with charges linked to civil disorder. So, as they have us fighting over black, white, color, creed, all these things, right, getting us to get stirred up against one another, they're releasing the robots. They don't really care about you. I should, I should really tell you guys that. They truly don't. They are, they are whipping us into a frenzy, having us come at one another, destroying each other. You see, I said this before and I'll say it again. You know what? Before I say the pitchforks and, and, and torches thing, you know, prior to Donald Trump coming into office, a lot of people were really aware of the left-right paradigm. People were waking up and they were shaking off this delusion. You know, I, I watched earlier this week this documentary uh, that kind of turned me who, who I am. Conspiratus, the Satanic Illuminati Conspiracy by Zendrius. I watched that in 2009, and I was just watching how so much of that stuff has come true from Satanic ritual abuse to uh, the Bushes to Bohemian Grove to just MK Ultra, you know, child sex trafficking, and so much more. And I, I look at where we're at today, and Trump came in to basically pacify those people who were deeply aware of the corrupt system. And so I understand that Trump is America's last hope, what people think. But you've also got to understand how he, is, he's, he's, he, like you, were put there to kind of pacify us and lull us into a false sense of security so that we would go along with things. And I know it doesn't seem like people think we're going along with things, but no, to a degree, we're, we're, we're going along with things. The passivity is emboldening some of these actions. And because they're not seeing actual authentic resistance and pushback, some people are being like manipulated into positions of, of, of control. So this is a very, very sophisticated game. That's why it's not easy to say, oh, it's, oh, it's the left, oh, it's the right. No. It's a very, very sophisticated game. I'll, uh, that's why I say that all the king has to do is get the people with the pitchforks against the people with, against the people with the torches. Then the king doesn't have to do anything. I understand people want to put that hope there, but you've got to understand that we are all we have. I'll say this and I'll play this, 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 clip, this last clip for you guys because it encapsulates everything I've already said and what you already inherently know. You want to talk about the Illuminati. 
There's a former top-level Facebook executive that claims over 150 people rule the world. Everybody else is just a puppet. And I truly do admire what Trump has done because he has done his best, the best that he could do. I truly do imagine a man being, a man fighting to, 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 to pull stuff out of a black goo sand pit, sand trap. That's what fighting the swamp is. He is being drained into the swamp and he's being taken there. And we'll be there too, don't you worry. But there are people that control these things and they are controlling us to destroy ourselves. The very same people that are getting people to destroy their own community are getting us to destroy our own country. We just can't see it yet. The same way these people can't see it yet. It's not felt. It's not seen. Because we're caught up in the moment. Now this clip I'm going to play for you guys, we've covered it when it came out a couple years ago uh, by Achmath Palafia. November 10, 2017, at the Stanford Graduate School of Business. I'm sure I pronounced his last name wrong. But he, he's, he's saying what we already know. And so these 150 men, right? Could this be considered the Illuminati? Could this be the controlling oligarch? Right? The royal bloodlines. The Astors, the Windsors. Things like this. There's more than that. I even said this, that with, tech, with, with the technocracy, the scientific dictatorship, with things like Fedbook, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, and more, people are being controlled. They can't comprehend the Illuminati, but, you know, they download, they download Facebook and get orders from, from YouTube. Let me get into this. This is an article put up by uh, the Free Thought Project. It's written by Gavin Nisimento. They put this up September 30th. And it says that, quote, here's the thing. There's about 150 people that rule the world. Anyone else, anyone that wants to go into politics, they're all effing puppets, okay? There are 150, and they're all men. They run the world, period, full stop. They control most of the important assets. They control the money flows. And these are not the tech entrepreneurs. Now, they're going to get rolled over over the next 5 to 10 years by the people that are really underneath pulling the strings. But don't you worry. They're for sure going to seize power. Very, uh, there's a deep connection between money as an instrument of change and what you're doing now at Social Capital. Look, here's the thing. There's about 150 people that run the world. Anybody who wants to go into politics, they're all fucking puppets. Okay? <laughs> there are 150 and they're all men that run the world. Period. Full stop. They control most of the important assets. They control the money flows. And these are not the tech entrepreneurs. Now, they, they are going to get rolled over over the next five to ten years by the people that are really underneath pulling the strings. And when you get behind the curtain and see how that world works, what you realize is it is unfairly set up for them and their progeny. Yep. I'm thinking very... Uh... Thank you. Now, if you want to talk about real supremacy, that's what it is. Ugh. You'll have racists that say, oh, it's Jewish supremacy, oh, it's white supremacy. Oh, no, 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 no. You see, there are supremacists in every single race. That's why I tell you, you see, Illuminati, you don't... That, again, the breakdown of law and order, the lawlessness and the authoritarianism, there is a controlled organization taking, path, take, taking place right now, and you're seeing it. Some of this is being green-lighted. The chaos is being allowed. So is the response. So is the censoring of information. Society is being engineered right now. And I hope you're able to see it. 
But let me get back into this article. It says, some of you may remember Shamat Palapya from his warning that social media was, quote, ripping apart the social fabric of how society works, which received generous attention in the media and went viral as a result. The most people completely missed and what no single major media outlet reported is at least to the best of my knowledge was when he explained that quote 150 men rule the world and they are quote going to roll over the tech entrepreneurs in the coming years within just a few months of these unambiguous claims a series of controversial laws from different governments were either proposed or passed that would impose harsh penalties or fines on tech companies that did not censor postings considered to be quote harmful or dangerous by the authorities in Germany, for example, the government passed a law that would fine social media sites up to 44 million euros. I'm hoping that's right. Pounds or euros. I'm going to go with euros. If they did not remove whatever they decided qualified as, quote, hate speech within 24 hours. Similarly, the European Union proposed that, quote, terrorists' content could be taken down within an hour or face harsh penalties. Repeat offenders could, face, could be sanctioned by up to 4% of their global turnover, which amounts to billions and billions of dollars. As we all presumably know by now, the censorship has grown to unprecedented levels. I myself had my YouTube and Facebook accounts deleted, as has as the Free Thought Project, amongst many others who have been accused of co-inauthentic activity or something equally as ambiguous. And the reason why they want to keep it ambiguous is because we're on their tail. We know what they're doing, and we're trying to warn you. We're trying to build systems to make you aware, to empower you. But the same way that some of these protests are designed to be the voice of the people they're being hijacked for nefarious purposes. So when we talk about the depths of division, you truly have to really comprehend what's going on. That's why I don't tell you to vote for a political party. Vote for a candidate. I tell you to vote with your lifestyle and vote with your dollars. But ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we're going to be getting into pandemic preparation. Again, the breakdown of law and order leading to lawlessness and authoritarianism, as well as some other strange things that are happening out there on the streets. I won't lie, it's been a rather busy personal week, so this second segment might be a little fluff. But we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be getting into more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom, and we'll be right back right after this. In a world where secret powers are in play, where nothing is as it seems, one brand of clothing gives crusaders of truth a voice. One brand in the fight against terror, deceit, and destruction. We are not merchants of fear. We are not a parody of free thinkers. It was almost like they ignored it because they wanted it to happen. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat. This season, get ready to awaken the masses. Forget the politicians. Politicians are put there to give you the idea that you have freedom of choice. You don't. You have no choice. You have owners. They own you. Forbidden clothes. Because if you know, you know.
world around you. You are in a state of war. And you have precious little time to save yourself. which we call active measures. The first stage being demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. The next stage is destabilization. What matters is essentials. Economy, foreign relations, defense systems. The next stage is crisis. With a violent change of power, structure and economy, period of normalization. This is what will happen in the United States if you allow all the schmucks to put a big brother government in Washington, D.C. who will promise lots of things, never mind whether the promises are fulfilled or not. Time bomb is ticking. With every second, the disaster is coming closer and closer. The danger is real. Welcome back. Welcome back. You know, we uh, we are a always ever growing organization that truly does learn from trial and error, and I think that's what people can rep. Uh, 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 that's what people like about us is that we're not like. We're not polished like what you see on the social media and on the YouTubes and the Fed books, right? We're not polished like that. We don't come from that type of pedigree. You know, we don't do these type of things. And so as we're always growing, improving our craft and, you know, sharing some of these things, how it works, I think that's what people can relate to knows that I'm I really am just like every other random person out there that sees this type of stuff go down and thinks to myself gosh like how did it get this bad why is this here you know what else can we do this cannot be it and so as we as we all collectively take this journey into the abyss I'm holding your hand you know you're holding my hand and we're, 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 we're essentially trying to encourage one another to take each day with, with each step, man, you know, each day by each day, step by step. Um, we're learning our power. We're learning our rights. We're learning what we have to do. And that's what I was touching on just last week with you guys. Uh, that, that 
you know, we don't really have laws for where we're going. And so some of the actions that people are taking are creating um, new processes and new laws and new systems, man, because this is not normal, nor is it right. And so whenever they, they, they hit you with the predictive programming, telling you that everything's okay, it's just the new normal, well, 15 days to slow the spread, don't trip. Uh, this pacified people, this scrambled people's already, you know, shattered brains. They said, oh, okay, well, I'll just put the mask on. I'll dissociate from reality. Just tell me when I got to come back. And, you know, people, people don't know. And so when they're being told, oh, just keep the mask on, everything will be all right. Look at these terrorists that don't have theirs on. Oh, yeah, look at these terrorists. You see the manipulation. And so whenever we talk about this relationship we have, about the growth, where we've come from, uh, the honesty that's required, and again, just, just, just what's expected of us, it's kind of crazy to see everything else out there. Now, I'll say this and I'll start getting into stuff. I was thinking about this before getting into the episode, man. I don't really have the luxury of laziness or ignorance because that truly is a luxury. If you ask me, I don't get that. I don't get to be stupid. I don't get to be foolish. You know, I don't get to say, oh, I don't know. I don't get that. You know, and and most people use that as a cop out. And that's a sad thing to think about because we have a lot of people putting their heads in the sand, using ignorance as a badge, telling you, hey, what do you what are you doing being informed? Be stupid like me. Throw away your life like me. Don't do nothing like me. And you think, gosh, like you can't be serious, can you? And this is where we are. So, pandemic preparation. Again, learning how to effectively wield time. (laughs) Because time is short. Um, But going ahead and getting started with this segment, you know, just last week, Going into the weekend, there was a very interesting video that popped up of a Boston dynamic robot dog that was just spotted out on the city street by itself. I'll play that quick clip for you guys, and then I'll continue on. It's pretty, uh, I think it's pretty cute. It's two girls getting ran up on by a robo dog. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Hello, friends.
Sorry about that. Technology froze on me. I don't know what that was about. Sorry about that, gang. Uh, I don't know what that was about. Um, I guess we just won't play that with sound then. Again, sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what was going on. Uh, it stopped, but we won't spend too much time on it. Um, yeah, you basically heard two girls <laughs> sitting in a car outside of a house, and then somebody was probably letting their Boston Dynamics AI dog roam by the street, and then it detected that there was people. I'm not sure. Uh, for audio listeners, you can't see this, but the the Boston Dynamics dog looks to be taking pictures. Uh, let me get into this article, and then I'll kind of explain my thought process. We put this up September 25th. It's from Signs of the Time. It says, Boston Dynamics robot dog spotted out on the city street. It triggers fear and defensiveness. It says, video of a Boston Dynamics spot robot dog apparently wandering a city street on its own has struck terror into the hearts of social media users. Though some defended the bot pointing out humans can hurt, uh, hurt each other without help. It says that a Canadian Twitter user posted video of, a four, of the four-legged yellow robot ambling down the sidewalk on Thursday. Though it's not clear where it actually filmed, where it was actually filmed, the person in the footage, though initially startled, opts for a friendly approach, addressing the quadrupled, the quadruped with, quote, hello friend. The dog bot turns toward the camera person and appears to snap photos before walking away. Now, before I continue on, what I want to say is this, and this is kind of what I was alluding to in the previous segment, that the 150 men, the tech entrepreneurs outside of that, right? The technocracy, the scientific dictatorship. We've, we've, we've kind of seen this happen throughout the entirety of 2020. How government has essentially become useless and technology is going to lead us forward. Technology is going to tell you the do's and don'ts. That's the technocracy. Now, when we're talking about defunding the police and pandemic preparation, you're not going to want to have humans that go out there and beat their fellow humans to tell them just to put a mask on. You don't want to have people tase and arrest mothers outside of their football games simply for not having a mask. But you will deploy the robots. You will deploy the robots in the hostile environments. You will deploy the robots to go deal with people. You will go deploy the robots to make sure that people have their masks on. You'll take pictures of them, right? Really think about where we've come with technology and where people's mindsets at, right? Facial recognition software, palm reading technology, biometric, uh, biometric readers and things of this nature, Elon Musk's brain to machine interface. And this is all happening underneath COVID-1984 in the year of 2020. So yeah, it might be cute having this robot just kind of wander down the street, but think about who might be using it. Continuing on, Mrs. Boston Dynamics robots have been deployed in Singapore to enforce social distancing during the coronavirus pandemic, and some U.S. police departments have acquired their own in consternation among civil liberty groups. However, the four-legged model has been available to the public since June for anyone with $74,000 to buy one, meaning that this particular spot might have belonged to a private citizen. The clip polarized social media users, many of whom were filled with horror at the site of the seemingly autonomous metal canine. Shoot on sight, said one person. <laughs> Many commented on Spot's disarmingly cute appearance. Quote, I hate this, but I also kind of want to sit on top of its back and go for a ride, one user tweeted. More than a few were reminded of the Black Mirror episode, Metalhead, literally inspired by Boston Dynamics product, pro products. 
in which an armed and extremely persistent robot dog hunts and kills humans in a post-apocalyptic landscape. Spot's defenders noted that humans were already capable of doing plenty of damage without, being, without bringing robots into it, and insisted, that and insisted that technology should be embraced. Now, before we talk about embracing technology and stuff like this, we should really ask the question of who's making the technology? What is the purpose of the technology? Is this for me? Who's programming the robots, right? Trust the robots because they're, on, they're, they're unbiased arbiters of truth. They don't have a bias. They don't have an agenda. Well, who programmed the robots? Who put in the information? I talked about this earlier this week. The same forces that are behind Bill Gates are the same Nazi forces that were behind the, the IBM Hollerith machine. The same machine that put the, Nazi, the, the, the numbers on the Jews during the Holocaust. So the same social credit score system that wants to be created by China and Bill Gates is the very same system that was used by the Nazis in that time frame. You get where I'm going with this? So who's programming these machines? Who's giving you your social credit score factor? And all these other things. This is a world that people really have to start thinking about. So when I, when I ask the question of the breakdown of law and order leading to lawlessness and authoritarianism, it's going to be super ambiguous, extremely ambiguous. That's why they say, do as that will shall be the whole of the law. But what they'll do is they'll have algorithms to decide what is acceptable. Like it is, it's so sophisticated where we're at right now, and that's why all I can keep saying is that word. And I know that's not fair because we need to explain that sophistication. But we're seeing people's rights go away, and 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 and, and we're having a very very narrow path to walk down, which resembles freedom. And so when we're talking about uh, declaring people as domestic terrorists, disappearing people, and things of this nature. That's, again, what I would call authoritarianism. That's not fair. Like, think about this. Who, who's to say this Boston Dynamic robot's not out there to, like I said, watch people who don't have masks? Is that fair of the cops to say this person doesn't have a mask, let's target them and then show up at their house and then arrest them or contact trace them because they may have had COVID-19? That's very, very dangerous. That's very, very sketchy because you have rights. But again, this is what I would consider authoritarianism. It's not fair. The breakdown of law and order, where we have an understanding of what our rights are, what, what, what the laws are, how this helps maintain order, and how we kind of go about that. But whenever that breaks down, and it's every man for himself, well, then you're going to have people that are, who, 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 who get to a kind of radical justice mindset, thinking that they are the law, and in order for them to protect order, they have to go out there and and, and, and deliver justice. But one man's justice is another man's revenge. Like, this is a very, very crazy and interesting time period we're in. Speaking of revenge, something strange happened earlier this week. It's not necessarily in relation to the pandemic, but Brad Parscale, one of Trump's former campaign uh, officials, was tackled. <laughs> He was arrested and had his guns seized after an arrest. It was, it was really crazy. I mean, information came out that he, that he had funneled money, that he stole, I think, over a million dollars uh, from the campaign. But it's kind of crazy to see that. Um, 
Here, let me read a little bit of this and then, then we'll continue on. <laughs> it's crazy. It says, on Sunday, shocking news broke with the former campaign manager for Donald Trump, Brad Parscale, had reportedly barricaded himself inside his home in a standoff with police. On Monday, body, cam, or body camera footage was released showing the incident. For those who may not know, Brad Parscale served as the digital media director for Donald Trump's 2016 presidential campaign as a campaign manager for Donald Trump's and as a campaign manager for Donald Trump's 2020 campaign uh, from February 2018 to July 2020, being replaced by Bill Stepien. This is on top of the body cam footage. Police also released a 911 call, which led up to the incident. The entire ordeal started when Parscale's wife called police for help, and police saw the cuts and bruises on his wife that she said were caused by Parscale. As the Sun Sentinel reports, the encounter with police started Sunday afternoon on DeSoto Drive, where Parscale, 44, lives with his wife, Candace Parscale. The couple had argued, and Candace said that her husband chambered around into a pistol during a heated exchange between the two. It's unclear what they were arguing about, but she said she fled the house in fear and asked a realtor who was about to show a nearby house for help. The realtor called the cops. On the phone, Candace Parscale told, nine, told a 911 dispatcher that she heard a gunshot shortly after exiting her home and was afraid her husband was going to kill himself. Later, she told an officer she couldn't be sure if, he had been, if she had heard a gunshot or a car backfiring. Quote, Oh no, did he do that? Oh my gosh, your arms, both your arms. Has he been hurting you? The realtor can be asked, can be heard asking Candace. Candace told police that her husband suffers from PTSD and has had multiple guns in the home. Luckily for Brad Parscale, he had a personal friend who was a cop, Officer Christopher Wilson, who showed up with other officers who helped defuse the situation. Police were well armed, including donning an AR-15 with silencers and appeared ready to pounce. You guys can read more over at the Free Thought Project, but I'm going to play that clip for you guys. Um, and it's crazy. Because he's been acting crazy, and so I went outside to the backyard to let him just like show up. Uh -huh. And he was just like going irate. And he like came out of his office, cocked a gun, went back, and was like, "Okay, this is like fucked up." So I went to the front yard. Yep. Okay. And then I saw him like I was sitting in the front yard, just trying to like, give him space, chill out. I saw him like look out the window. Then I heard a loud boom. Uh, yeah. Hello, Brad. How you doing, sir? Hey, I got him on. Hey, Brent, how you doing? This officer is scared before the police department. You okay? You okay in there? Okay. All right. Can you do us a favor? Can you walk out with no weapons? Can you come outside with no weapons, please? Okay, we're here at 25. Sir, can you just come and step out of the house? All right, sir, just, just do us a favor. We're just trying to check on you. All right, we'll just... Just, I know. Okay, that that that's that's perfectly fine. But just do us a favor and just come outside. So we went for. I still have one on. He refused to come out. Like went back inside. Came back out of his office. Like talked to his handgun. And went back inside. Got a lot of guns out. I think they had like four or five. Yeah, I was like, okay. He just needs to like, he was really like, getting out of control. So I went to the front yard. And I was just sitting in the front yard. 
Okay, come on. It's fine. I'm your friend. All right, relax. What's going on? Oh, she's walking. Let's finish it. What? She's not the angel. Relax. What happened? So, she started saying all this shit. Hey, get on the ground, man. Get on the ground. Get on the ground, man. Get on the ground, man. Fucking easy. What is that? I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. Stay out. 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 Stay but there's a lot of there's a lot of very interesting things with this. Is this like a red red flag gun situation? You know, is this a is this an upset wife? You know, there's a lot of different things that go into this. Uh, but you know, the fact that this dude had no special treatment, being Trump's former campaign manager, I think that shows you again not necessarily how Trump lets people hang out to dry, but how how underneath this new authoritarian system, everybody's a suspect. You don't get special treatment. You don't. And if anything, by stepping up, that's why they want to come tear you down. It's actually very, very crazy these days that we're living in. Um, but to continue on more with pandemic preparation, a couple months ago, right, whenever this uh, first started happening, Kim Kushi, a former lawyer, basically came out going, blasting the Chinese communists saying that they're killing us, that they're damning us, that this is a hoax, you know, that this is a power grab, and then he disappeared. The same way that Pia um, Jinkui, the other uh, Chinese geneticist that came out and made Nana and Lulu, those two girls that were HIV resistant and AIDS resistant, how he also came out, did his dirt, and then disappeared. The very same thing happened to a Chinese lawyer who's now underneath government surveillance but with his parents. He disappeared, and then they put him basically back with his parents turning his parents into his jailers. I feel like that's very crazy. But that's, again, more of this pandemic preparation, them figuring out how to police us. This is an article that comes from Signs of the Time. They put this up September 28th. It says Chinese citizen journalist who disappeared after reporting Wuhan's coronavirus outbreak is found under government surveillance with his parents. It says Chen Kuishi, a 34-year-old former lawyer, had vanished soon after he arrived in Wuhan in late January and shared dispatches online to inform the true scale of Wuhan's COVID-19 outbreak. A Chinese citizen journalist who went missing in February while reporting the escalating coronavirus outbreak in Wuhan has been found staying with his parents under the Chinese government's close watch, the report says. Chen Kuichi, a 34-year-old former lawyer, had vanished soon after he arrived in Wuhan in late January and shared dispatches online to inform the world about the true scale of the central Chinese city's COVID-19 outbreak. Nearly eight months after Chen's disappearance, his close friend has reportedly revealed that he revealed that the independent reporter is being held under supervised surveillance at a designated residence in the eastern city of Guangdong. The news comes as an outspoken Chinese tycoon who called President Xi a clown over his handling of the country's coronavirus outbreak has been jailed for 18 years this week. Now here, let me let me let me let me stop right there. 
Supervised surveillance at a designated residence. Supervised surveillance. We've already talked about them putting people in quarantine facilities, FEMA camps, sheltered areas, right? All kinds of other strange stuff like this. This is crazy. The people basically don't even have rights at this point. But if you stand up to try to like try to raise awareness about all these things that are happening, yeah, I mean, he tried to warn the world about this coming from China, and they silenced him. They disappeared him. It's a wonder that some of this information even gets to come out behind the Great Firewall of China. You know, and I, and I was thinking about this the other day. This has nothing to really do uh, with COVID nineteen, more or less, with China and the organization of protests. The people of Hong Kong were using uh, games like Pokemon Go. Um, games like Pokemon Go, I'll just say that one because that's what comes off the top of my head. They were using games like Pokemon Go as chat places for them to communicate because they were aware of government surveillance. They were using discords, twitches. They were using game servers as the communication and the organization hub in order to have some of the, 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 the Hong Kong protests against China. And I think that's like so ingenious because, again, they're finding out ways to communicate the very same way that Chin over here is finding ways to get this information out about how COVID-19 comes from China. Uh, and this is another part of the cover-up. They're saying that this is not a virus that comes from China, that like Pope Francis says, this is a natural occurrence, that we're actually being uh, punished for our sins, for transgressing against the earth. But here, let me get back into this. It says, Chen arrived in Wuhan just before the city went into lockdown in the hopes of providing the world with the truth of the epidemic, as he said himself. His reports detailed horrific scenes, including a woman frantically calling family on her phone as she sits next to a relative lying dead in a wheelchair and the hopeless situation of patients in the overstretched hospitals. His disappearance, or his disappearance was revealed by a post on his Twitter account, which has been managed by a friend authorized to speak on his behalf. His mother has posted a video calling for his safe return. One post on his Twitter posted in April read that, quote, who can tell us where and how Chen Kuishi is right now? When will anyone get to speak with him again? Chen Kuishi has been out of contact for 68 days after covering coronavirus in Wuhan. Please save him. On Thursday, Zhu Zidong, Chen's friend and Chinese mixed martial arts star, said in a live stream YouTube video that Chen was, quote, in good health, but was still under supervision by a certain government department, according to South China Morning Post. You think they got one of those for me? You, you, you think they got one of those uh, authorized government surveillance facilities for me? Or you think they're just going to put a bullet in my head? Too morbid or too real? You know, this is the world. People think that, oh, you're, 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 when I tell you that I'm allowed to operate, that they're letting me <laughs> stay here. We already read about how the Free Thought Project has been censored by the Atlantic Council a couple years ago. We had them on to talk about this as well as the anti-media. When I tell you that they're allowing me to operate, that they're allowing me to get 300,000 followers, you guys have seen it. You've seen them take followers from me. You've seen them shadow ban content. I mean, here, look at let me pull up just something right now just to show you. I can show you that half the page is censored, man. When I tell you that they're allowing me to operate, it's simply for this right here because they're, they want to use me as a template. Chin, he wasn't allowed to operate. 
He was allowed to say a couple things. They used him for their purposes so that it would be ambiguous information that they could or could not confirm. They used him. You see how this works? The sophistication that I'm talking about, the technocracy, the scientific dictatorship, the social engineers in the background allowing for things to take place. Yeah, they're allowing for me to operate. You know, but if that's the case, I actually want to say this since we're over here looking at censored posts. I don't really take the time um, to repost memes and stuff like that because we're not that type of account. But you know, the other day, Jesse from IG Activist, he put up this meme, and I thought it's really apropos for everything that we cover. And I want to give it to you guys uh, before we move on to our next topic. He says that, you know, the truth community really stepped up during this pandemic. We all went off and we held shit down. We won't get awards for this. We won't get trophies for this. But we did make our talking points heard. People are listening now. And people know. That if we get pushed, we push back. And so yeah, they're allowing me to operate. They're letting me be here. As an example. Chin, he was allowed to operate. As an example. You think they'll put me in one of these... uh? Surveillance facilities, or do you think they'll put me in a COVID-19 contacting trace facility? We don't know. But at another level, we really don't get that luxury to sit there and contemplate these types of things. Because that truly is a luxury that we can't afford. There's too much work to be done. But speaking of luxury and work, <laughs> you know, um, the other day, and I talked about this on uh, the Instagram Live, the other day, September 18th, somebody messaged us um, after an exclusive member sent us a message of somebody working in federal meats. Luxury. Food. Who would have thought that food would be a luxury? Food would be a commodity. Ted Gunderson, retired head of the FBI, said that too, that uh, food shortages are coming. But this is, this, is, this is back in like 2009, and even probably before then, whenever he's doing his... Uh, his speeches, but September 18th, somebody sent me a message saying that I was doing nice marketing for my Patriot Supply because I had uh, screenshotted a message that one of our exclusive members sent us. He said that, uh, Freedom, check this out. Somebody that's working in federal meats is being told that they're having a stockpile food. They're expecting another rush on food. And at the same time, they're not expecting food for quite some time afterwards. So they're stocking up, but they're also not expecting any additional food. And I said, well, that's kind of strange because one of my buddies here that works for Target, uh, they're having a shortage of eggs and I'm helping him. I'm helping supply him and his family with eggs. But to give you guys like a little bit more reference, check this out. This comes from Drudge Report. They put this up September 28th, 10 days after that person told me I was doing nice marketing for my Patriot Supply. It says that grocers are stockpiling and building pandemic pallets. The resurgence of COVID-19 cases and the impending holiday rush have prompted retailers to sideline lean inventory strategies. Oh, don't worry. There's another post. It says that the supply chain is breaking and food shortages are getting worse. Another article from Signs of the Time. They put this up September 28th. And the last one from SHT 
ETF plan by Max Lavo says that grocery stores are prepping for the second wave of COVID-19 by stocking up on inventory. It says grocery stores and food companies are preparing for a possible surge in sales amid a new rise in COVID-19 cases and the impending holiday rush. Supermarkets are stockpiling groceries and storing them early to prepare for the fall and winter months when some health experts warn the country could see another widespread outbreak of the virus case, of the vi- of virus cases and new restrictions. Food companies are accelerating production of their most popular items, and leaders across the industry are saying that they won't be caught unprepared in the face of another pandemic surge. Now, before I continue on, I'm not telling you to prepare for the COVID surge. No, 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 no. I'm telling you to prepare for the riots. I'm telling you to prepare for the lockdowns and the other stuff that they're trying to do. Now, I'm trying to tell you to prepare for, again, the rush of people, the panic that's going to set in, because, yeah, that the, the, the COVID-19 pandemic panic might be there, but I'm more or less worried about the, 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 the lockdown. What's not going to be available for extended periods of time? And so we've been talking about food shortages. We've been talking about artificial scarcity. We've been talking about rationing and so, so much throughout this entire year that if you don't have storable goods by now, you're not listening to like anything I'm saying, and you're also not paying attention to the writing on the wall. When I have talked to you guys about certain areas of the country experiencing cargo thefts because they're having to defund the police movements, that's a real thing. When I talk to you about Zebellion, right, the Pentagon preparing for uh, a, 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 a Generation Z rebellion where you have kids born after 1996 breaking off into society, uh, and then breaking into mainstream society to steal resources, they're already doing it. They're practicing right now. I pointed this out to you just the other week that a lot of these protests and the things that are taking place are dry runs and practice exercises for both sides of the aisle. You have people pulling off from society. You have people trying to, it's very, very sophisticated. So if you can't see everything I'm talking to you about, uh, people being unemployed, you know, people being unemployed, people not having work, you know, if you don't, storable, storable foods and storable goods is probably the best investment you can make because you're going to have a hard time trying to sell gold to people that don't care about that crap, but you can sell food, you can sell resources, you can barter and you can trade. Uh, But here, let me get back into this. It says that Southeastern Grocers LLC secured holiday turkeys and hams over the summer. Months before it normally starts inventory planning, said Chief Executive Anthony Hucker and grocery wholesaler United Natural Foods, Inc. has loaded up on extra inventory of cranberry sauce, herbal tea, and cold remedies, said President Chris Testa. Quote, we started talking about Thanksgiving in June. That's earlier than we have, he said. Again, you got to think about this. People are not thinking right right now. When you're talking about the supply line drying up from, from, from some nutraceuticals to supplements, man, uh, to even, to even uh, what are those things called? Respirators, uh, to, to, to furniture, to glass, to certain supplies. Food is just like one thing to look at. Like the message that our exclusive member sent us was of the, of, was of the employee working at Federal Meats saying that they couldn't get bacon. Now, this week it's bacon. Next week, it's ham. The week after that, it's turkey. The week after that, it's chicken. The week after that, it's beef. Like, you've really got to start thinking about it incrementally. 
And you're thinking, oh, this is just silly. But I've been talking about food shortages all year. In January, in my birthday year, I was looking up, or birthday month, I was looking up storable goods. I have been quietly storing away food this entire time simply because of this stuff. And I feel bad even saying that because if there's anybody here in, in, in the area, they know where they're going to get a cash cow. So there's, there's, there's a lot of things that go on with this. Um, it, there's, there's a lot of things to think about. Stuff running out, the inflation, and so much more. But uh, let me get back into this. It says Associated Food Stores recently started building, quote, pandemic pallets of cleaning and sanitizing product, so it always has some inventory in warehouses, said Darren Pierce, vice president of retail operations for the cooperative of more than 400 stores. The company is establishing a protocol so it can better manage scenarios of high demand. Quote, we will never again operate our businesses as unprepared for something like this. Yeah, because people are addicted to overnight shipping. These changes, a reaction to the sudden and the massive shortages grocers experienced in the spring, amount to a shift from just the in-time inventory management practices that have guided the fast-moving retail business for decades. Now, food sellers are stockpiling months rather than weeks worth of staples such as pasta, sauce, and paper products to better prepare for this winter when people are excited or expected to hunker down at home. A-hole deal highs, USA, Spartan, Ash Co., SP&T, 0. What is this? 0.94% and others say they are buying more food as soon as they can, stocking warehouses with, with wellness and holiday items. Many retailers are expanding distribution capacity, augmenting warehouse space, and modifying shifts. People are preparing again. Now, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that people are preparing for the breakdown of law and order. They're preparing for, you could call it the COVID, they don't want to wait in lines. There's a number of reasons to prepare. Matter of fact, I got a little sticky note right here. Reasons to get storable goods from power outages to food shortages, rationing, race riots, unemployment, evictions, currency manipulation, inflation, mass immigration, supply chain line disruption, food banks being overrun. There are multiple reasons that you need to get storable goods. But I'm not trying to just plug for, 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 for my Patriot Supply. I'm trying to tell you to employ common sense. Get stuff at today's taste with today's rates before it hikes up. That's just one thing. Because once you get your food situated, you can start thinking about other things. And while that food's coming in over the, uh, uh, over the supply line, you can start thinking about everything else that you need to do. But people don't have that thought process. They don't look past tomorrow. They don't look past the week. Meal prep is not a real thing. The modification of one's diet isn't a real thing. There's a lot of strange things happening right now. And so all I can do is provide you with the information and the examples of how to begin to alter and manipulate your behavior or how to change your behavior, so to speak. You know, I kind of wanted to talk more or less about the breakdown of law and order, but I think what I will do instead is pull up Zebellion. Things here on the show. And so this is the this is the video I'm always going on and on and on and on and on about. But I'm always trying to get you guys to go look at, especially recently, Zebellion. We prepared it June 29th or June 9th. And in it, you'll basically hear me break down what's happening in society already. Uh, here, I'll just I'll just read to you the article that comes from uh, the Intercept. It says that in the face 
of protests composed largely of young people. The presence of America's military on the streets of major cities has been a controversial development. But this isn't the first time that Generation Z, those born after 1996, has popped up on the Pentagon's radar. Documents obtained by The Intercept uh, via the Freedom of Information Act revealed that a Pentagon war game called the 2018 Joint Land, Air, and Sea Strategic Special Program, or JLASS, offered a scenario in which members of Generation Z, driven by malaise and discontent, launch a, quote, zebellion in America in the mid-2020s. And so I'll put that link in the description bar below because I want you guys to go out there and go listen to it and listen to how we break down things like Jade Helm 15, Operation Gotham Shield, uh, UX 16, and so much more. A lot of these people plan for things five years in the future. We're going to be five years in the future whenever this stuff starts kicking off, and we're seeing it now, driven by malaise and discontent. Do you see the writing on the wall? So when we talk about pandemic preparation, we've got to look at all the other factors that are happening in the forefront and in the peripheral that add to this very, very dangerous concoction. Uh, But here's what's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be getting into coronavirus. Not really. More or less some of the other dangerous things that have taken place because of coronavirus. People being arrested for not wearing masks. Mask patrols issuing fines in New York City. Thousands rallying in in London to oppose another COVID-19 lockdown as well as China beginning to start their unproven but widespread vaccination program. That's right. We're talking about the vaccine agenda and the global health security agenda on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom, and we'll be right back right after this. us to shelter. We remember 
to us, calls us back. Back to the ports and the harbors of our past. We fight the currents that pull and drag us off course. Not a light or star to chart the way. And when we arrive, we don't always know it at first. The places we once loved guise by time. Then we see it. The place we've been trying to get back to. Safe at last. We've found our way home. Welcome back. Welcome back and salutations. You know, I hope that, um, I hope that so far you guys have enjoyed this new sound quality and appreciate the type of work that we're doing. You know, I said this earlier in the week and I feel like it, it's appropriate for right now too. I kind of went really, 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 really hard on the breakdown of Law and Order, the first half of the, the Instagram live we did earlier this week. And whenever the second half came through, I was kind of like a derp to derp, a dotard. I had like no idea what I was doing because I didn't really plan for the second half. Uh, that's usually whenever guests join us and we're able to fill the air 
with you know fantastic conversation, but I didn't plan for it. And so I kind of I didn't nerf myself, but I also didn't prepare. Maybe I should prepare for that in the next you know, the, the next time. But what I'm trying to say is the same thing kind of happened with this week's podcast episode. Uh, I had an extremely busy personal week, lots of meetings. You know, I, I alluded to some of it earlier today. Um, very busy man. So I wasn't able to pay attention to the news feed like I'm used to. And I wasn't able to pick up on some of the nuances and the themes and some of the other strange things that are going on. And you kind of may have gotten that, that, that vibe throughout the entirety of this episode. But that's why. Um, is because I wasn't humping my phone and I was over here living, doing things. But that's why it's also a good thing is because you get a different, you get a different flavor. And that's how life works. Nothing is consistent other than change. And so when I'm starting this episode off, telling you guys the thought process, the stuff that the work that goes into it, the detail and more, it's just more of that learning how to effectively wield time. That's all I'm talking to you about. Uh, and with that being said, let's start this segment. I specifically titled it Covidious Insidious, not only because it sounds cool, but because COVID-19 truly is insidious. It has run out the worst in all of us. Uh, as we left off in the break talking about the breakdown of law and order leading to lawlessness and authoritarianism. Well, heck yeah, we've been infected with authoritarianism. We have been infected with this virus. And look at the damage it's done. You know, you've got the, you've literally got them, like I said, arresting people for not wearing a mask. What kind of lunacy is this? You've got them sending people into other people's homes or onto the streets, peeping into their, their, their mail slits, making sure that they wear their mask. And again, if you ask me, I feel like this is a violation of the social contract. What happened to privacy? My God. It, 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 it truly is crazy to start thinking about. Uh, but here, let's start getting into stuff. Uh, just last week, we had uh, posted a video on our Instagram TV of a man in the UK arrested for not wearing a mask. It's crazy. Uh, elderly gentleman being surrounded by multiple cops. Officers are literally detaining him for not having a mask. Let's listen. <laughs> said either 71 or 72 year old man being detained for not wearing a mask and, and, and right there you hear him saying where were you whatever BNM, BLM, Black Lives Matter and all them were doing their protesting 
It says that a video out of the UK shows a man being arrested outside of a Starbucks for not wearing a mask while asking the police officers where they were during multiple Black Lives Matter demonstrations and riots during which coronavirus rules were ignored. UK COVID regulations state that masks must be worn when entering shops, but there is no requirement to wear a mask outside. The man apparently became, apparently, became embroiled in an argument with a Starbucks employee after being told to wear a mask. I would be too. (laughs) Different story for a different day. The elderly man is seen demonstrating with the officers as they put him in handcuffs. Quote, it takes two of you to arrest a 72-year-old man? What a pair of effing heroes. The man states as he's being cuffed. Quote, bet you lot, bet you lot were in, in London for the effing BLM. He adds, before, before telling officers, quote, I don't like being told I've got to wear a mask. The man then asks officers if they bowed for, ELM, for BLM. Quote, this is what's going to happen to all of you soon. You're all going to be underneath a bloody dictatorship in about six months' time, and you'll all be getting this. The man tells observers, as we highlighted earlier this month, Piers Corbin, the 73-year-old organizer of a, quote, Unite for Freedom anti-lockdown protest, was arrested and fined $10,000. However, organizers of Black Lives Matter protests in London have not been arrested or fined, with some officers even bowing in front of them despite numerous violent attacks on, on police by BLM rioters. You're all going to be living underneath a bloody dictatorship in six months. A 72-year-old man already knowing that you're going to live underneath a dictatorship, a global dictatorship, if no one fights this. You see, and people, that's, that's the problem. You see, people get into this, this, this normalcy bias where they say, oh, well, that's just across the street. That's just across the Great Pond. That's not going to happen to me. Well, you're bloody wrong. You're bloody wrong because there's been a mother who is tasered for not wearing a mask in America at her, ga- at her son's game by COVID cops. That's right, in Nashville. The article comes from the Free Thought Project. They put this up a couple days ago. And it says that on both sides of the mask debate exists levels of anger, hatred, and ignorance like we here at the Free Thought Project have never seen. Since mask wearing has been politicized, we have seen people being killed for asking others to mask up and, and being gunned down by police after refusing to mask up. Video after video has surfaced showing mask shamers wishing death on innocent children as anti-maskers attack other innocent people. The Free Thought Project even reported on Metro Nashville at large council member Sharon Hurt this suggested charging people with attempted murder or murder for refusing to wear a mask. This is crazy. It says it is important to point out that the Free Thought Project in no way supports government mask mandates of any sort. One does not need to be ordered around like a child in order to protect themselves around those during a pandemic. We are watching the tyranny unfold in Australia lately in regard to mask mandates, and now it appears to be spreading here in the United States. It says, while many people will agree that wearing a mask indoors when in public areas is a deterrent to releasing droplets which may lend to the spread of COVID-19, wearing a mask outdoors, especially when socially distanced from others, likely does very little. Nevertheless, police in Ohio were filmed this week going to great lengths to enforce an outdoor mask mandate on a mother who was well over six feet from anyone else. And here's that clip. Tyranny is what it is. Just let a cop try to put hands on her. 
stands up in the fence. tyranny. That is a normal response to having your rights taken. That is a normal response to fighting back. And the fact that more people didn't stand up, and I bet you that dude would have stepped down if more people stood up. But the fact that that big son of a gun had such a hard time moving that little white girl shows you that this is, this is it's, 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 not a, it's not about health. It's not about public safety. It's about compliance and it's about submission and obedience. You gotta think about it. The re he, he, as as the gentleman that was sitting down stood up, that's whenever he tased that lady. And so, to a degree, a lot of this is only taking place because we've collectively, uh, we have collectively capitulated to it. Like, would coronavirus really exist if we didn't know about it? It's still, the, have the Amish died from coronavirus? What about the Amazonians, right? What about people who are actually living in indigenous areas? A lot of this is only persisting because of our acquiescence to it. And that's the sad part. It truly is. You know, uh, you got these are petty authoritarians. They have no life. So this is their life. This is their story. They're going to get with this program because their program, their life doesn't mean anything. It's their only ability for them to have power. And that's why it's corrupting people because absolute power corrupts absolutely. This is something that, unfortunately, everybody's having to do. The chicken dance, right? And so whenever people have that position of authority, these petty tyrants, they're going to use it. They're going to flex their strength on you. But what's so powerful about that, if you think about it? 
Is that little girl, she was so fired up off her righteous indignation and rage, she had every right to sit there and resist. That's why that dude was having a hard time. And he, she told him, you are not going to arrest me. What is wrong with you? And that's a level of, of, of common sense that we need to be at. But if we can't stand up for our own common sense or other people's common sense, we're already doomed. And that's why this is such a sophisticated game. Check this out right here. Mass patrols to roam New York City issuing fines. That's right. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio has a new game for you guys. The cracking down on wearing masks. And so where's the narrative of us having like, I don't know, medical exemptions, having rights? And I get it, like, oh, we're supposed to do our part. It is now October, and for, for the informed, we understood that they did this war game literally a year ago, and the mask wearing is borderline done. Oh, we're going to have the virus with this forever. We're never, we're never getting rid of the lockdown? I thought it was 15 days to slow the spread. What is this? You see, was this, a, again, was this a bioterrorism attack? We have been infected with this, with this authoritarianism, and nobody seems to notice. That's very dangerous. And this is an article that comes from the Treasury Report feed. We put this up September 29th. It says, in, an announcing, in announcing a testing blitz to take place in emerging coronavirus hotspots in New York City, Mayor Bill de Blasio also warned that there is going to be an enforcement blitz. Nine zip codes in the, in the city are seeing a spike in new COVID-19 cases. The mayor announced during a Tuesday morning briefing that there will be a lot of community out outreach in those areas, including hundreds of so-called Trace Corp members and hundreds of additional city agency workers in the, in the neighborhoods. Now, before I continue on, we're, we're essentially talking about the contact tracers. We are talking about the contact tracers. And for people who are tuning in this week, a couple weeks ago, um, I put a link in our episode for um, somebody that had been contact traced in California. They were visited by CERT, the Community Emergency Response Team, and they were essentially trying to get all kinds of personal information who had been in contact with somebody that may or may not have had COVID. If you were to disappear, who could we contact out of state just in case you know, for emergency contact purposes? We're seeing them release the trace force, the contact tracers. And it starts with stuff like this, with wearing a mask, with, with, uh, with arresting people for masks, tasering people for not wearing masks. Like the other day, whenever I went to go visit one of my buddy's uh, art galleries, I went into a side of town that I didn't know about. I'll tell you that. I did not see a lot of my type of folk. I didn't see no black folk there. Um, saw a lot of Hispanic people and a lot of white folk. I didn't see no black folk there. And that's okay. What I'm trying to say is like it was very ritzy. Um, I was in an art gallery district, man. So you're, you're, you're going to see a lot of different type of people there. And so whenever I walked into the district area, I didn't have my mask on. I was just sporting my New Mexico colors. So I was like, yeah, heck yeah, I'm going to an art gallery. Look at me. Whoop -dee -dee. And when it, the minute that I had turned the corner um, to walk down the street to try to find my buddy's showing, like his gallery, because it was, it was tucked, tucked away little villa area, really nice and cute. This lady in, in, in a sundress and pumps comes up behind me and the girlfriend, my lady, as, as we're trying to find the gallery. And I, I thought it was too coincidental, so I didn't say anything because I was just talking with my lady. We were enjoying the scenery. Like, wow, we should come here and, you know, get trinkets and stuff for, um, 
for 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 holiday season. You know, people would love this type of stuff. And so we're walking, and I just kind of see this lady come out of the store, hot and heavy, man. And I didn't think anything of it because we're we're looking around, and she's pumping, just stomping down the street in parallel on us on the other side of the street. And so you know, we're we're walking a little bit down the street, you know, enjoying ourselves again, just taking in the scenery. Uh, looking, smelling at the tamales, man. Just looking at the hanging chilies, seeing people roast stuff. We're like, oh my gosh, just just enjoying the scenery in the moment. And I find like the, the the building number of my buddy's like art gallery, and I look over there. It's across the street. I'm like, all right, babe, we got to cross the street. Cross the or before we cross the street, the lady that had followed us the whole way through was filming us. She followed us. She crossed the street. She follows us for like a couple of blocks. And I get to a point where, like I said, we found we found like the gallery where we were supposed to turn off. I walk in there and I see her with her phone recording us like she like she had her phone up that whole time that we were walking. I didn't know this. We had to turn in order for me to like quickly turn back and look at her as she's walking off. But here's the here's the kicker of it. Like she was it's like she was filming us without our masks on. And as we turn the street to go into the art gallery, I look back at her walking down the street filming herself. And then she took off her mask. And so I don't know what that's about. I don't know if she was trying to mask shame us. I wasn't wearing really anything that would identify me as a person. I don't know what it was. But what I'm trying to say is I went into a district one time just to go to like a quick art gallery and I didn't get contact traced. But I got followed by somebody that that, that, that filmed me. And it was the strangest thing because she had no problem whipping up her phone, walking down the parallel side of the of the other side of the street, making her presence known and being obvious. And it was strange to me. I, I really kind of felt like caught off guard because where is the where is the respect factor? We're again breaking the social contract, um, and these are the type of people that are going to be contact tracing you. They're going to love to come to your door and say, "Hey, were you here at this spot at this time?" I noticed that you didn't wear a mask. Me and all my kins are going to arrest you. And that's, 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 that's the big brother government. That's what happens when government cares about you. Oh, we're just going to put you on house arrest for a couple, couple, couple of weeks. This is crazy. But here, let me get back into this article. Mask patrols roaming New York City issuing fines. It says that patrols will start issuing fines to people who refuse to wear masks even after being offered a free mask. And, and, and a warning that not wearing it will result in a fine. Quote, that will happen aggressively. Clearly, our goal, is, of course, is to give everyone a free face mask and to get them to wear it, de Blasio said. The mayor also announced that the city's health department has ordered non-public schools and child care centers to close if they do not follow the commission's order on health safeguards. The mayor warned that if the situation continues to deteriorate, that the city will prohibit all gatherings that are not, quote, very small and businesses that are deemed non-essential will have to close again. No one wants that to happen if it can be avoided, de Blasio said. If it does have to happen, we will target it as carefully as possible. But at this point, it is a situation that is very serious, and we have to have all options on the table. <laughs> This is, the, this, is, this is what I mean by being held hostage. That you don't have rights unless you jump when they say jump and you quack whenever they say quack. We're being held hostage. And without appropriate collective resistance, 
to this level of tyranny, it will get worse. But because, as the Free Thought Project has said, the mask wearing has become politicized, you have people virtue signaling, thinking that it is their right to be a hero and shame you. Shame you into not showing your face. Shame you into being part of the submissive, mass, uh, not, not maskless, faceless part of the masked crowd. The mask mentality. They're robbing you of your identity and showing you that you don't have rights. You're not a person. You're not allowed to speak for yourself. Insanity. But this is what's happened. You have people, followers, like I said, people who don't have lives, who want you to join them in throwing theirs away. This is what happens when you have an entire generation of people doing social challenges online, thinking that that's how they're going to get ahead in life, doing TikTok dances when they should be working, <laughs> you know, here on and so forth. This is what happens when entertainment takes place of knowledge. But speaking of masks and how stupid, deadly, and harmful they are, there's a group of Oklahoma doctors that claim that masks are harmful to healthy people and have filed a lawsuit against the mandates. This is the type of collective action that I'm talking about. Thank you very much. My name is Jim Meehan. I'm a medical doctor. I'm an ophthalmologist who specializes in ocular inflammation and immunology. I'm a former medical editor that knows how to read the medical science. I read more than the titles and the abstracts. I look at the methodologies. When I looked at the methodologies of the science being used to support community wearing a mask, I found a real paucity of solid, um, high-level science. In fact, we've been studying this issue for over 30 years with regards to the transmission of influenza in the population. One of the reasons that we have never recommended the community wearing of medical masks is because it's been shown in the highest levels of science, randomized controlled trials, meta-analysis of randomized controlled trials, to not be effective. That hand washing, social distancing, um, masks add almost nothing to that equation. So it has a very marginal, at best, efficacy. And those studies are in healthcare workers and hospital settings in which but why don't they want you to listen to doctors? Why do I got to listen to Bill Gates and uh, maybe, maybe Joe Biden? Why do I have to listen to politics instead of the real facts? This comes from, September, uh, from Activist Post who put this up September 24th. It says, these aren't the only American doctors who have said that wearing masks is causing healthy people to become sick. They may be the only ones who have filed a lawsuit against man mask mandates, though. A group is suing Tulsa Mayor G.T. Bynum and Tulsa Health Department Executive Director Bruce Dart, saying that the city's mask mandate is harmful to people's health, to healthy people. Optometrist Robert Zoner, Clay Clark, Dr. James Mahan, M.D., and other Tulsa-based business owners are asking the city to immediately repeal the mask mandate, which passed by city officials last month. This is that the group alleges wearing masks is causing healthy people to become sick while trying to prevent the spread of a disease that is not a deadly threat to the children and much of the public. Quote, on the OSHA website, it states that employers shouldn't make employees work in an environment where they have less than a 19.5% oxygen level, say Clayton Clark, one of the plaintiffs, and the, quote, and the mandated mask cause employees to dip below a 19.5% oxygen level within 10 seconds of wearing a mask, so I don't want to make my healthy employees sick. A Ohio Citizens Group has filed a lawsuit against the COVID-19 mandates in their state as well.
So Ohio and Oklahoma are stepping up while you have New York City and California masking up. You know how that works? People are fighting back, but you're, <laughs> the, revo the revolution is not going to be televised. They're not going to tell you when, they're kicking your, when you're kicking their keister. They're going to tell you whenever, oh, well, we, we can't have that. We're going to tase you whenever you go to see your, your, your son's game. They're not going to tell you when you're doing good. You've got to learn to watch that. You get me? Because what we're dealing with right now are authoritarians. Real jackbooted authoritarians that don't want to hear about your opinions, that don't want to care about rights, that want nothing but power and control. They want you to submit. Like I said, it's not about health. It's not about uh, uh, public safety. It's about submission and control. Check this out. Thousands have rallied in London to oppose another COVID-19 lockdown. That's right. We do not consent. Where David Icke, I think he was arrested. Where, 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 where there were multiple speakers that were arrested at the event. But you know, this is what's going to have to start happening. You're going to have to have people fighting back. You're going to have to have doctors standing up. You're going to have to have us creating our own systems, our own ways to get this message out there because the system does not want people fighting it. They don't want it. It says six months after Parliament passed the Coronavirus Act of 2020, which gives the government powers to impose lockdowns and other restrictive social distancing measures, thousands of Britons packed London's Trafalgar Square bearing signs reading that, quote, we do not consent and think before it's legal during a rally that was billed as a, quote, we do not consent anti-lockdown anti demonstration. If this were in America, Hillary Clinton would have called them terrorists. And I kid you not, we cover that. Joy Behar would have called all of these, all of these Britons, these Brits, terrorists because they don't want to go along with this. Like I said before, one man's freedom fighter is another man's terrorist. But because, you, because we're being held hostage by, by, by radicals, extremists, politically correct, nonsense not people, Kins and Karens and things like this, we're not able to see this. We're not able to come together with this unity. That's what I was trying to allude to in the first segment. Some of these protests are being hijacked by radicalists and extremists. You see any radicalists here? You see any, any extremists here? Let me continue. It says that the event was organized by a coalition of political groups and supporters, having been galvanized by the talk of another London lockdown by Mayor Sadiq Khan, as well as Prime Minister Boris Johnson's assurances that a lockdown would be imposed if the government felt all other measures had failed. Protests are exempt from the rule of, a, a rule of six, a rule that threatens fines for groups of more than six people, which has created much aggravation in the UK. Organizers of the rally had to submit a, quote, risk assessment and agreed to comply with social distancing rules. While police told the press that the organizers had completed these requirements, the Metropolitan Police promised to crack down on those not wearing masks and violating other rules. They added that enforcement, quote, remains a last resort, but will be undertaken if required. Demonstrators waved signs and British flags and cheered as speakers, including several notable conspiracy theorists, according to The Guardian, addressed the crowds. Crowds chanted, freedom, as people whistled and clapped. Toby Young, General Secretary of the Free Speech, expressed hope that the law enforcement would allow the group to protest, as they did with Extinction Rebellion and Black Lives Matter. Attending the protest, Carrie Dunn, 41, from, ba from Bath, claimed her son, Bo, suffered adverse effects after being vaccinated. Quote, I've been shouting that mandatory vaccines are coming. No one believed me, she said. Quote, now we can see it's just around the corner. 
we've never been closer. Another event billed as, quote, a people's network and a family picnic is also being organized by the same activists for Sunday in Hyde Park. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> I was, uh, I was in a, I was supposed to attend a barbecue the other week, uh, but I was in a meeting with another client and I basically got trapped. Um, I'm all over the place, but there has to be organized and consistent resistance to this because people have to understand that there is another narrative. What I find very interesting is that you have, um, the internet being aware of how Karens are like a derogatory term. And so they're, 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 they're saying that people that don't wear masks are Karens. And so the, the, the whole concept of a Karen is being debated on the internet because people see that some, some of these behaviors cannot be allowed. Like people like, like, like the social contract being broken and the Karens being the ones doing it like Karens, beating themselves and then calling the cops on a black man that's walking his dog or Karen's running up to people inside of shopping stores, um, saying, where's your mask? Where's your mask? I'm calling the police. Like if we don't begin to fight against this, you're going to start having even more crazy stuff happen. You see people have to know that there is a, people have to know that they have rights. People, and maybe this might be part of the new normal, right? That you no longer have rights. This might be, again, part of this lawlessness and authoritarianism where you're like, ah, I'm just going to do whatever. I don't really care. You know, let them come get me. This is a very dangerous precedent because we're seeing such a, mis such a mismanagement on so many levels that we don't know the rules. It's like you can wear a mask when you go into a restaurant, but you, you can take it off when you sit down. It's like this is this is this is this is one of the greatest blunders of 2020 that all it's really doing is creating the technocracy. It was purposely mishandled so that in the aggregate it could create all the things that we're seeing right now, uh, like this right here. UK COVID police start enforcing lockdown by visiting people's home. An article by an article by Paul Joseph Watson over there at Summit.News. They put this up September 28th. It says that violators could be fined. 10,000 pounds. Crazy. Police in the UK are said to begin enforcing COVID, like COVID lockdowns rules by knocking on people's doors to check that they are self-isolating and if they've been mandated to do so by the government. It says that the Daily Mail reports that the procedure will go into full effect today and will extend to anyone who has been tested positive or come into contact with someone who has tested positive for the virus. It says that the government will use the National Health Service Test and Trace app, which has been downloaded by more than 10 million Britons, to issue self-isolation orders to the public. Yeah, you got to get the app. This is the mark of the beast. You're no longer able, you're, you, you can't buy, you can't sell, you can't go outside, you can't visit, you can't do anything without having some of these apps, and they're all in there. We, we, we've covered this already. This is why they this is why they blocked us down so they could install 5G and tell us all to get this app so they could begin to track the population. But don't you worry, gang. There are people that love to jailbreak things and there are there are people that love to live that gray man life. And I think that as we move forward into the future, I might have to do like a uh, a secret and private podcast that covers all these things that are at your disposal. 
no privacy pockets and anti-radiation stickers. That's when like the surface level of it, uh, but using things like Tor browsers and IP, IP scramblers and VPNs, like I said before, privacy pockets and uh, jailbreaking your device, getting rid of stuff. It's a very, very real thing. And, and you're going to see more of that popping up, giving people that privacy that they want instead of taking place in this global experiment. Um, but continuing on, it says, it says police will also operate from tip-offs, according to the report. In other words, police will rely on snitches who report infractions. Anyone found to be breaking the quarantine rules could be fined up to 10,000 pounds. Employers who obligate those affected to go to work could also be fined. The UK Home Secretary Priti Patel also announced Sunday that the government will, quote, not allow those who break the rules to reverse the hard-won progress made by the law-abiding majority. The government announced that it will, quote, use police resources to check compliance and that police will, quote, investigate and prosecute high-profile and egregious cases of noncompliance, as well as, quote, enact on instances where third parties have been identified others who have tested positive but are not self-isolating. Yeah, basically, if, if you got the virus and you're out there telling people that you have it and you're not self-isolating, they're still going to come get you. Like, uh, I'll put it to you this way. Sometimes I like to skulk around on Reddit for strange things. And um, I talked about it just the other week. There's an article from Business Insider talking about things to do in your side hustle during the pandemic that's, that's worth it. And contact tracing was the top job. And so I went over there to Reddit. I was on a random forum. And I, I, I basically saw people on Reddit trading tips on how they were contact tracing people. Like they were going to parties and they were scanning people's phones, acting like they're your friends hanging out only for them to like run back home, sign into like the contact tracing database and then just like give them the information. But these stupid snitches don't see how, dude, you're a traitor. You're going to be locked up with them, too. And so it's it is a very, very interesting uh, development to see take place. The same thing is also happening in high schools as well. or I mean, in colleges. People go into parties, people go into movies, people go into public events, um, you know, because I'm craving gym time, right? I haven't been going to the gym since the last time I talked to you guys about it. Um, I looked at this new gym right down the street, and I didn't want to wear a mask there. And, you know, the trainer told me straight, he's like, so I, I don't want to scare you, uh, but I've been in this business for the past like 20 years. And only since this pandemic has happened has have I had people come inside of my gym just to look at other people to make sure they're wearing the masks. And some of them are from the state, some of them are from the county, and then some of them don't even like have identification, but they're literally coming into the gym to see whether or not you're wearing a mask. And I thought, my God, that's terrifying. What happened to privacy? What happened to rights? And so this isn't that far off. So yeah, there are a lot of snitches out there. And again, these are people that have no life, that see you live in your life, that want to get rid of you. It's a very, very, it's, it's, it's shitty, man. I, I, I wish I could find a better word. Uh, but continuing on, it says, while people who comply remain trapped at, at home for up to two weeks, COVID enforcers have been spotted patrolling streets, peering into windows and letterboxes to ensure pubs and clubs are closed as part of the government's new draconian coronavirus curfew. In addition... Brits are now also being arrested on the street for not wearing a mask, like what I played for you already. This says the government has introduced the measures 
The government has introduced the measures off the back of media scaremongering about rising coronavirus cases, despite the fact that deaths and hospitalizations have flatlined and numerous warnings that the massive increase in testing is producing an overwhelming number of false positives. Thousands gathered in London's Trafalgar Square uh, this past weekend to, pro to protest the crackdown on freedom and were subject to the heavy-handed tactics of police. This is COVID-1984. Did you catch what they, what they said right there? The fact that they are literally peering into people's letterboxes, creeping up inside of your house trying to see, are you wearing the mask inside your house? You better cover up your cameras because these are just the ground troops. We're not talking about the techno troops. We're not talking about the people that are going to watch stuff, man. This is COVID-1984. This is what happens whenever you comply with this stuff. But it doesn't stop there. And I think that's what's even crazier because each week, my God, each week, it's just one escalation after the other. You know, that's why all I can really say is Mark of the Beast, Mark of the Beast, Mark of the Beast. Prophetic Times right here. A British Member of Parliament urges, COVID, urges mandatory COVID vaccinations for anybody wanting to travel. Anybody. Tobias Elwood, speaking at the House of Commons, said that COVID vaccination certificate, certificates are required for, for, for travel. Your certification of vaccine out of identification. I think that's what's kind of crazy, is they are telling us what the plan is right in front of you. COVID, your certification of vaccination identification. COVID-19. This is an article over there at Zero Hedge. They put this up September 29th. This is a conservative MP has called for, for mandatory coronavirus vaccination certificates distributed by the Army that will determine whether people will be allowed to travel internationally. This is during a debate in the British Parliament last night. MP Tobias Elwood urged, urged the Prime Minister to have the British Armed Forces oversee the COVID-19 vaccination rollout process, exactly what we're seeing here, where Trump is saying, I want to use the military to roll out the COVID-19 vaccines. It says, noting that a coronavirus vaccine has, was potentially six months away, Elwood said that, quote, mass vaccine rollout is an enormous responsibility and we need to get it right. Elwood said that he had written to Boris Johnson urging him to give power to, the, to a, minister, a Ministry of Defense task force to ship the vaccines across the country and set up regional distribution hubs as well as, a, as well as developing a, quote, national database to track progress and issue the vaccination certificates. Now, before I start, before I continue on there, the hashtag, which isn't really a hashtag, which is something else, the global health security agenda, which Obama signed, is exactly that. They, wanna, they, they too, want to create a national database that can interface with an international system, the UN, that... That, that tracks your vaccination records. I know this sounds crazy, but I didn't, I wasn't able to pull the, the, the article to go over it, but that's exactly what Obama signed into, signed into play. Trump inherited that. He could do something about that, but we don't really see him. If anything, we see him taking on the same stance that uh, Tobias Elwood is taking, that he does want the military to deliver the vaccines. It's a very, very, a very, very dangerous play. It says that the MP said that the vaccination sort of, Certificates, quote, 
will probably have to be internationally recognized in order to allow travel and international travel. Elwood went on to make clear that people who take the vaccine will see their lives return to normal, normality, while those who don't will still be, quote, subject to social distancing rules. The prospect of denying basic rights of mobility and travel to people who refuse to take a vaccine for personal, religious, or med- medical reasons is shaping up to be a human rights minefield. This is a poll conducted by King's College, Lo- King's College London and Ipsos Mori last month found that only 53% of Brits would be certain or, quote, likely to get vaccinated for COVID-19. One in six said that they would definitely not get a vaccine or that it would be very unlikely. When extrapolated out to the population, this equates to 11 million people who, if Elwood's advice is taken, will be denied travel and treated like second-class citizens. Isn't that exactly what China did with their, with their social credit score? When people got online with the social credit score, they were able to block all of those people from having access to schools, having access to planes, having access to buses, having access to real estate, and so much more because they had a, um, they had a, 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 a red-colored social credit score. They weren't allowed to participate in society. This is why th- that's why the only thing I can really talk about when it comes to this is the mark of the beast. It's the mark of the beast that you will neither be able to buy nor sell without receiving the mark. And that's what terrifies me. They have removed the Bible from from, from common understanding, and just like they did in China with getting rid of 1984, they started rolling it out, and we're seeing the same thing happen. So, So, yeah, Australia is the test case. China is the model. And we're, we're caught somewhere in, in between. They don't want you to have freedom. They don't. It's dangerous. Like Hillary Clinton and Joy Behar say, your freedom equals terrorism. But speaking of China, check this out. China begins unproven but widespread vaccination program. An article written by Lori Foti via World News Arrow, but it was reposted over there at Technocracy News September 28th. And what do you think I'm going to talk about? Not the social credit score system. But how are they going to vaccinate these? The, <laughs> how are they going to vaccinate these people? This, the, the nervous laughter you guys just heard right there is me just kind of like chuckling at the, the, the effing logic that we employ these days. But it's like, oh, the, the virus didn't come from China, but China's about to roll out like a widespread vaccination program. It's like, hey, we shouldn't call this the Chinese virus. But, you know, now you've got Xi Jinping saying that the, the vaccine for COVID-19 will be free from China. <laughs> let, me, let me get into this. It says, as a technocracy, China plays fast and loose with the health of its citizens. Whatever scientists in the West can do, China thinks it can do better and faster. Chinese citizens are viewed as expendable human capital. First, Workers at state-owned companies get dosed. Then, government officials and vaccine company staff. Up next, teachers, supermarket employees, and people traveling to risky areas abroad. The world still lacks a proven coronavirus vaccine, but that has not stopped Chinese officials from trying to inoculate tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people anyway. Three vaccine candidates are being injected into workers whom the government considers essential, along uh, along with many others, including employees, of the pharmaceutical firms themselves. Officials are laying out plans to give shots to even more people, amounting to a big wager that the vaccines will eventually prove 
to be safe and effective. China's rush has bewildered global experts. Many of the injections appear to be taking place outside the typical drug approval process. The vaccine candidates are in phase three trials or the late stages of testing, which are mostly conducted outside China. The people in those trials are closely tracked and monitored. It is not clear that China is it is not clear that China is taking those steps for everyone who is getting the shots within the country. The unproven vaccines could have could have harmful side effects. Ineffective vaccines could lead to a false sense of security and encourage behavior that could lead to even more infections. The wide use of vaccines also raises issues of consent, especially for employees of Chinese vaccine makers and state-owned companies who might feel pressure to roll up their sleeves. The companies have asked people taking the vaccines to ask to sign a non-disclosure agreement preventing them from talking about it to the news media. Yeah, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Even today, <laughs> they are talking about some of the adverse effects of the vaccine. Even today, we, we've talked about spinal issues that people are having, uh, long-term migraines, right? It's because you're having your DNA modified. Like, this is not okay. This is a genetically modified virus. And they're going to modify the human body composition to either A, make you resistant to disease, or B, make it, make it so that you're unable to get sick. Like, I, I don't know how to describe it. I think everybody can see that this vaccine, with what they're trying to do, is extraordinarily sketchy. And they're playing Russian roulette with our lives. They're breaking the Nuremberg Code by conducting these type of trials on us. My God. Like, this is crazy. It truly is. And so, to, close, to, to begin to close this out, Covidius and general distrust with government as a whole to have military personnel outnumber civilian scientists in the U.S. vaccine program kind of scares me. Because as we talked about at the start of the show, you've got a non, you, the military is no longer apolitical. The military is beginning to take a political stance and feel like they have to help us. They feel like our politicians are incompetent and that they have to overstep some things. <clears throat> look at this. And uh, for, for, for audio listeners, obviously you can't look at it, uh, but this shows a basically, basically like a chart showing you all the different organizations that are involved with the development of uh with the development of the vaccine, you know, from the Defense Department to the Health and Human Services, you know, to the DOD supply. Wow. Uh, Chief Operating Officers, Chief of Staff Shirley, you know, all kinds of different things. They're basically saying there's more military personnel over this Operation Warp Speed than civilians. We can only hope that they get this, this, this chemical concoction correct, but the problem is, is they're on like a political timeline. And so, as, as, as we've seen with the pharmaceutical industry, the business aspect of this, they've asked for regulatory flexibility when it comes to this. They don't want, they, they've also asked for uh, uh, liability. They don't want to be subject to liability for any of the adverse things that might take place. Like this is such a crazy and dangerous thing. It's like kind of whenever you have too many, too many people working on a single object, you guys end up breaking the thing. It's like how many monkeys does it take to fix a light bulb? But you see all these organizations coming together, wasting these resources. And so they will produce a vaccine. 
and it will hurt some people. And it's only going to embolden people to say, you know what, we need a better vaccine and we need more people to line up for it. And then COVIDious, insidious. Let me get into this. SHTF plan by Max Lavo. They put this up September 29th. Like I said before, military personnel outnumber civilian scientists in U.S. vaccine program. It says military personnel outnumber civilian scientists in the United States government's Operation Warp Speed vaccine program. With the military so heavily involved in the distribution of this vaccine, is it any surprise that most Americans don't want anything to do with it? An organizational chart obtained by STATS shows raising concerns about whether military officers are qualified to lead the massive public health campaign. The military is used for war. Rolling it out to distribute a rushed vaccine signals one thing to the public, if you're brave enough to admit it. This vaccine distribution is a war on the public perpetrated by the government wake up. This vaccine won't be voluntary by any sense of the word. You don't have to take it, but if you don't, you won't be able to eat, buy food, pay rent, or leave your house. That will be taken away from you if you cannot pay the mortgage because you refuse the vaccine. That doesn't sound like anyone has much of a choice. This vaccine could be ready before the election, however. It may not be. Political chaos surrounding the elections is all as part of this vaccine's agenda. The goal is to have everyone tracked, traced, monitored, and under authoritarian control. This is the goal of the New World Order. The Health and Human Services $300 million pandemic-related ad campaign, propaganda rollout, touched, on, touched off on an outcry, and rightfully so after Politico reported leaked details. Among the concerns were its funding sources. The Food and Drug Administration contributed $15 million for pre-campaign work, while most of the program's $300 million budget was request, requisitioned from the Center of Disease Control and Prevention. Funds appropriated by Congress, apparently. Additionally, the Ohio National Guard has been called up to help provide, quote, security for the presidential debates. Around 300 members will be sent to the city to, quote, ensure a safe and secure environment for those attending presidential's, Tuesday's presidential debate in Cleveland. It says that the military will be increasingly used in the coming months, and its rollout will be, used, will be seen as a way to provide peace and safety. Please remain vigilant and stay prepared. Stay alert and know all the possibilities of what could be coming, as it will give you an idea of the additional prepping steps that will be needed. As of right now, refuse to live in fear and make sure you can defend yourself and your family, especially if you intend to deny the vaccine. You have some people outright saying that this is going to be assault with a deadly weapon and they will respond as such. People within the pharmaceutical industry are compromised by China. They could be bought out. Could it be that they actually want something for us that's good? I'm not sure. They haven't been able to get it right so far. But I think everybody is aware that this is a very, very perilous time to be alive. And all we really can do is remain vigilant and be cautious of anybody offering us peace and safety. Because that's how it works. If you offer up your freedom in the name of security, you deserve neither. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Depths of Division, Pandemic Preparation, and Covidious Insidious.
right. However, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. I know. We went over a heck of a lot with not as much time. But I hope you appreciated the different sound quality that we added to this week's production. Uh, as always, there are different things that we can do to improve. The minicast that we did earlier this week, the breakdown of Law and Order, will be in the description bar below as well. With the Zabellion minicast we did, which goes over a lot more. Uh, if you guys want to find more information covered on this episode, check the episode article that will be attached. Uh, and like I said, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll have it in the description bar below. And as always, guys and gals, stay vigilant, expose lies, and share truth. This is Noise Era, Freedom Faction, out.